Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. And welcome to this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. I'm your host, Rebecca Cressman. Very excited today to talk about Wasatch Adaptive Sports. Joining us in studio is the Executive Director, Elizabeth Jopp. Am I pronouncing that last name right? Correct. You got it. Okay. That was a winner. I should have checked that out right before (laughs) we started. Abby Rice, you're the Development Director. I am, yes. So do you like to prefer or do you prefer referring to it as Wasatch Adaptive Sports or WAS or is it okay either way? Tell me about that. There's a lot of controversy around it, whether you say was or was, was or was, was, that's the one. So uh, was is great or Wasatch Adaptive is perfect. Too. Okay. Isn't that interesting? My very first question is controversial. That is a really good sign for the rest of the interview. Tell me, um, Wasatch Adaptive Sports was founded years ago, back to 1977. Its overall goal is to do what, Elizabeth? To provide opportunities for people with adaptive needs, you know, so any disability, special need to enjoy the same things here in Utah that, you know, every other Utahan loves to do. So um, it started as a ski program in 1977, and now we've expanded to about 12 different programs that provide opportunities for children and adults, you know, whether you're two years old or 100 years old. Uh, you can still be active through our program. 12 different programs. That's a lot, Abby. It is, yes. Uh, So what kind of needs are addressed in those 12 different programs? Um, Well, all of our programming is recreational in nature. So when Elizabeth refers to the 12 programs, she's just talking about the different activities that we do. So in the winter, we do skiing, snowboarding, snowshoeing, yoga, and then summer cycling, mountain biking, paddle sports like kayaking and stand-up paddleboarding. Uh, hiking, fishing, a whole range of things. So. It seems like, well, and I appreciate that description because it seems like a generic, obvious question for me to ask, but why is it so important for us to understand the um, the priority we should make on making sports and recreation adaptable and accessible to everyone? Yeah, definitely. It's something, you know, it's really multifaceted, right? You know, a lot of us recreate for various reasons. Maybe it's to compete, maybe it's to just spend time with family, or maybe it's, you know, to reach some, you know, physical health goals. Um, And then surrounding all that is just the emotional well-being that happens, you know, when you're in the outdoors. And so for us, it's really trying to understand what that goal looks like for any of our given students or any of the groups we're working with, and then make that experience possible through individualized instruction um, and really creating um, a positive outcome in everything we do. As you said that, uh, you know, more and more research as we've been paying attention to emotional and mental health, it points us to outdoor recreation, whether it's a walk or whether it's skiing or snowboarding, whatever it be, that there is something internally rewarding for us that helps stabilize our mental and emotional health when we are outdoors. And so to me, it's really powerful to go, you know what, we need to take care of every part of ourselves. So denying ourselves the access to the outdoors is denying a facet of our overall well-being, at least in my perspective. So I'm assuming you see that too, Abby. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think if you take your own experience and you think about what it means to be able to get outside skiing and 
feel the wind in your face and feel that speed going down the mountain. You know, anyone needs to have that experience and, and can get that feeling of exhilaration um, just means so much to someone. And, and, you know, that's what we're all about. Now, it was founded out of Snowbird Mountain School. So you're still up there by Snowbird. We are. Within, I should say. Right? Yeah. And we can't thank them enough for all the support they give to us. So are you 365 days a year, the Wasatch Adaptive Sports Programs? We are. So winter is primarily focused up at Snowbird, but, you know, come the end of April and, and into May, we begin our summer programming and we have an office in Murray. So a lot of that's kind of our headquarters for summer programming where we're, you know, a mile away from the Jordan River Parkway and we're biking there, you know, two to three times a week. And then we're a lot more mobile, you know, whereas in the winter, people are typically coming to the resort to ski. In the summer, we're trying to meet people at their point of need be it in Salt Lake, you know, kind of in the central Wasatch Front and then all the way down in Provo as well. It seems to me that you are located in one of the best states in the country because you have recreational opportunities, as I mentioned, 365 days a year. It's extraordinary what's available with the rivers and the trails and the mountains beside us. Yeah, I think sometimes we have to, you know, check ourselves on all these great ideas that we have as a team and what we want to be doing and um, you know, think really what's what's feasible from a, you know, really a small staff. You know, we're a full-time staff of six at the moment. And, you know, we've got an amazing crew of instructors, you know, that help us on a day-to-day basis that really help instill, you know, the, the instructional components to everything we're doing. Whereas, you know, we're experiential-based, you know, where we want to get people outside. But in everything we do, it's about teaching how they can do that sport themselves. And, and and I'm going to follow through because I want to kind of do an example setting, you know, as I have loved ones, friends and neighbors who have children with adaptive needs. And in fact, I'm going to just go for that. Okay, so let's say I'm bringing a child to you that might be at the age of nine or 10, who has some motor skill, um, not not a lot of the ability to be really in control of all of his or her um, motor skills, both arms and legs, but they want to be participating when what they see others are participating. How do you determine what would be best, for example, for that child? And I know there's adults, and we'll talk more about that and Mm -hmm. the veteran involvement, but how do you approach that on an individual case? Definitely. So, um, you know, oftentimes we we talk to the parent and try to understand, you know, are they coming from a referral from a healthcare provider or is it something that they learned about through, you know, a peer in school that, you know, maybe has similar special needs and, you know, thus they want to partake in our programming as well. Um, you know, so starting with them and then, you know, really just talking to the kid and saying, hey, we're going to have fun today and, you know, we're going to teach you about biking. We're going to teach you about skiing and making sure that it's something that, you know, they feel comfortable with from the beginning because, you know, an adaptive ski is not something that most kids see on an everyday basis or an adaptive bike. It just maybe is unfamiliar. So our first approach is always about fun and we've got a great crew that's, you know, always that's number one in their book is how can we create this experience that, you know, makes this kid want to come back. And, um, and then from there, you know, we just start small, you know, looking at what their goals are and then what their, you know, abilities are. And we do a full assessment, you know, head to toe, what strengths do they have and how can we best use those strengths to make them most successful as an athlete. Is part of your goals to push every participant out of their comfort zone a bit? Because I know a recreational activities 
do that to me, <laughs> right? I mean, I, you know, I'm not a master skier. I can't get on a snowboard. I'm learning, you know, to road bike. Each time I take these steps, I'm in the process of feeling a little vulnerable, a little shaky, not worried, about, you know, it has to be a little bit more magnified for someone who's had to be facing these type of kind of adaptions or limitations in the past. Absolutely. I think our first goal is always to get them in their comfort zone first and understand what that looks like for that person and that family. And then beyond there, you know, as we work with them, you know, over the course of a season, absolutely. You know, that's what, you know, learning and progressing is is for us. And so um, trying to understand if they're someone whose goals are to compete in the Paralympics or if it's someone who just, you know, wants to make it down the magic carpet, you know, ind- independently and make their own turns. And obviously comfort level is going to vary for those two different students. Now she just threw in the world's greatest competitions, the Paralympics. Mm-hmm. So I got to mention that for those who've just joined us, Elizabeth Job is the executive director of Wasatch Adaptive Sports, founded years ago out of the Snowbird Mountain School and has expanded into 12 programs to help those with adaptive needs. Also joining us in studio is Abby Rice. She's the development director. So Paralympics, tell me a little bit about, is it 90% of those who are participating are in Utah? So so are we coming from a full range of backgrounds and experiences when they're coming to Wasatch Adaptive Sports? Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's really a range of people. Some people have, you know, participated in, in recreation or adaptive recreation before coming to us. Some of them um, have participated in a different sport and they want to try something else through us. It's, it is an absolute range of, like Elizabeth said, of, of ages, of diagnoses, of experience and everything. Is so. training Paralympians different than training someone like me? <laughs> I mean, in terms of the, the expertise that you guys need to have to, to bring it up to that level. Yeah. So, you know, it's always something that as a program, we encourage, you know, all of our uh, all of our athletes and students to be thinking big, you know, about what they want to do and what they want to become. But um, majority of our focus is is more kind of on a lifestyle recreation. So, um, you know, one of our students, Anna Beninati, a great example of a student who's, um, you know, taken her disability and and turned it around into becoming a Paralympic mono skier. And she's local here, lives in uh, Park City, and is, is Park City and is an absolutely incredible athlete. Um, but I'd say she's kind of the anomaly to our program. Uh, a lot of what we're trying to do is is serve the population here in Utah and make sure this is a resource that people have to, you know, upon getting a diagnosis or being discharged from a rehabilitation center, um, that, that they know that this is out there and that this is something that they can be doing on a regular basis. And whether their goals are Paralympics or it's just to, you know, ride an additional mile each summer, you know, we want to be here to support that. Tell me how you support yourself, um, Abby. I, I understand that Steve Young is one of your partners, but you can tell us, tell me a little bit about the community support you receive to keep Wasatch Adaptive Sports growing and running and how we can help with that, too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we are highly scholarship-based as well. So um, almost 90% of our students receive scholarship assistance. We really want to make programming fully accessible, accessible and affordable. And affordable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that does mean we do rely heavily on um, others to support us, and that is a uh, large part of um, 
of our funding comes from public support, either through events. You mentioned Steve Young. We do our Steve Young Ski Classic um, each winter. How did that go this year? It was amazing. It was a record-setting year. Hey, so. congratulations. Thank you. Record-setting in fundraise or participation, both. Tell me about that. Both, yeah. Um, we were able to raise over $500,000 through that event, um, which is absolutely amazing. He was already one of my favorite quarterbacks, but now well, he's gone up he, a few ranks, hasn't <laughs> seriously, he? Seriously, if you think about what he does in the community outside of football, is he's an amazing man, and we're very lucky to have him involved in the program. Before with- we change from that, Steve's been a part of it for a bit, Steve Young, and the Ski Classic, right? Yeah, he got involved in 1983. Yeah. So yeah, he's been uh, involved and very dedicated to the program for a long time. And so those type of funds from an event like the Steve Young Ski Classic, mm-hmm. that helps fund the programming and helps fund scholarships exactly. to make sure others can take advantage exactly. of the programs. Mm-hmm. What other public, I mean, is there ways for us as individuals Individuals to help? Yeah. So, I mean, people can obviously get involved through our events, um, but also just in general, um, individual donors are a, a large um, subset of, of funding for Wasatch Adaptive. So, people can get involved by donating throughout the year um, via our website. It's wasatchadaptivesports.org. Um, if you want to learn more, if you want to get in touch with us before that, we always welcome it. Well, I wanted to give you that opportunity because there are many times where I'll be in my car or I'll be somewhere and I'm listening to the radio and something that someone has talked about touches me Mm -hmm. because either I have a cousin or I've seen a little boy down the street or a little girl down the street and I'm realizing this is something that they could have. And this is something I want to get behind and support. So I wanted everyone to know this is something you can support. So it's wasatchadaptivesports.org. Did I get that right? Yes. Well done. The 12 different programs. Can we talk about what you're doing during the summer a little bit more? Sure. Because what kind of activities can the participants be a part of? So our primary and longest running program that we have is our cycling program. And that's the one I was referring to, you know, that happens at Liberty Park. It happens on the Jordan River Parkway and then down in Provo as well. And that essentially is, you know, children and adults and veterans, you know, welcome to participate. And it's uh, varying distances. So, you know, if you want to come out and ride 50 yards or you want to come out and even just take a look at our bikes and our, you know, meet our staff and get to know, you know, Wasatch Adaptive Sports, we welcome that. Um, if riding 30 miles in one session is is your goal, you know, we make that happen as well. And so. by the way, hats off to you if that's what you're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> and you said see our bikes because that's an essential component, whether we're talking skiing or snowboarding or biking. You're talking about the the equipment that has been adapted to help those with adaptive needs be able to, you know, safely navigate those or use them. Yeah, the the, so the technology the bikes, out there yeah. is, is truly incredible and what it enables, you know, to to play to every person's strengths, you know. So we've got you could come to our warehouse and check out. We've got 66 different bikes and every single one is is different because it's it's tailored to, you know, whether you've had a stroke or you have a child with cerebral palsy or you've had a brain injury or you just want a mountain bike and you need fatter tires. We've got that to make that happen too. So That's extraordinary just to envision. And so are there, is there a room full of mechanical engineers that are participating in this? Because having had a background way back in my young years, I was part of a, a, you know, a machining company that worked off prototypes and tried to develop different types of of, um, technology and equipment. This is a, a real feat to be able to create that many types to help 
individuals with those many different needs. So we're really fortunate that we get to lean on the expertise of others um, in the industry. A lot of those that are engineering the different equipment, you know, and, and they're in Colorado, California, on the East Coast. Um, and some even here in Utah, actually, is where we get a lot of our bikes from. So um, in terms of the actual creation of the equipment, there's a lot happening there. Um, but we are innovating every day ourselves, which is really cool. Our program team is always looking at every person as an individual to say, hey, what can we be doing? You know, what little tweak is going to be, you know, just the thing to make this person more comfortable or, you know, happier in their experience? So and if we had a veteran, I'm just going to take that as an example, who's suffered a stroke and has lost some of the ability to... Um, to safely navigate their arm control or their leg control, you have a bike that would do what? Yeah. So, you know, typically with stroke, you mm -hmm. deal with hemiparesis, so paralysis on one side of the body. Um, and a lot of what we do is we'll shift the gears and the brakes all to the, the one side that, you know, is the functioning, you know, stronger side. Um, but that's not to say that we're not working with that affected side as well to make sure, you know, we see ourselves as independence in terms of working with the person's strengths, but we also are going to be the ones that are going to push you to, to, you know, come out of your comfort zone a little bit, as we said before. And, you know, maybe you can clip your helmet with that, you know, affected hand or, you know, obviously on a bike, you have the ability to be focusing, you know, each pedal stroke, you know, maybe the stronger leg is powering the whole pedal stroke, but could you be focusing a little bit more on that leg so that, you know, you can walk a little bit stronger throughout your day and have, you know, better balance and things like that. I think that's just fascinating. I, I really do. It's extraordinary. Abby, this is quite complex. And my understanding is that your instructors at uh, WAS, I'm just going to say Wasatch <laughs> Adaptive Sports, so they're highly certified, they're experienced. Abby, how did you connect with Wasatch Adaptive Sports? Um, I moved out to Utah back in 2007. Um, and I've just been a fan of the Wasatch and skiing and, and, um, I've loved every second of living here. Um, and when I moved back this way after grad school, which I was focusing on nonprofit management, I was wondering, you know, is there a way that I could marry these two things? And I found Wasatch Adaptive Sports. It's just amazing to be able to, um, you know, marry that love of working in the nonprofit sector with my love of getting outside and then helping other people to be able to get outside. It's just a dream. So but, and lucky. everyone's and congratulations on that, because when you make that decision to me, you're opening up, it's pulling back the curtains for many other people to be able to finally have experiences that they've only dreamed about this, you know, just kind of correlates. I remember having a visit with a, a family that was dealing with a very serious disease. And over time, the, the family members were losing, um, well, they're being, um, becoming paralyzed in, the, in their limbs over time. And uh, I remember that time they hadn't developed a type of bed that would be mobile enough to be able to help them get out of the house. And it would be years and a decade before that individual could even see the sunshine. And I had a chance to be there when that new development occurred maybe 20 years ago. And to see the look on that woman's face, that 24-year-old, to see the sun still makes me um, weep because it's something we take for granted. And, um, and, and so I just love it. My heart just melts at what you're doing with Wasatch Adaptive Sports. And I know it makes a significant difference. About how many students are participating every year, for example? Uh, just over 500. 
and over 90% of them are right here in uh, Utah. So we're, and, we're really grateful to have the population to serve. And you mentioned that they could come in referral. Tell me other ways. What's the pathway if I'm either a veteran? And that's different paths probably too. But if I'm someone who believes that either a family member or myself could benefit from Wasatch Adaptive Sports Programs, how do I access that? So we see it from both directions. Um, you know, as an organization, we're very intentional about, you know, how we connect with, you know, support groups and other rehab facilities. And of course, local hospitals like Intermountain um, to how can we build that relationship and, and really try to bridge the gap between, um, you know, rehab and then full community integration, essentially. So, you know, maybe you had a stroke or spinal cord injury or an, a recent amputation and you're in that that rehab facility we want to be the ones that say, hey, here's what life looks like when you get out of this place. And we're super excited to take you outside and show you, you know, the world of adaptive rec. Um, and then beyond that, our students are some of our greatest resources um, in terms of, you know, the people they connect with, whether it's on a college campus or in the community, um, you know, just saying, hey, this is something that has changed our family's life. And we would, you know, definitely encourage you to get involved. And as Abby said, you know, our scholarship program makes it so accessible for people to get involved that that first thought doesn't have to be, oh, how much does it cost? It's no, it's on scholarship. You know, if you need this, you apply and you get to get out and, and enjoy yourself. And we're going to make it possible. I'm glad yeah. you brought up the partnership, Abby. So I understand, Elizabeth, by the way, Abby, I understand that your partners with Intermountain Healthcare, yes. NeuroWorks, yep. the Salt Lake City VA healthcare systems mm-hmm. and other. Tell me just a bit about the partnership with the Salt Lake VA. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, that started back in 2010, which was when our veterans program launched. Um, and it was one of our, well, she wasn't a board member at the time, was she? At the time, yeah. But <laughs> strong we, supporter. Strong supporter, <laughs> now board member, um, was help, um, partnered with our founder, Peter Mandler, who's still involved to this day, um, to connect veterans, you know, who she saw coming through the VA, who she felt like could really benefit from the experience of getting outside and um, participating with Wasatch Adaptive Sports. So it's grown from that now to that we're working with a range of different rec therapists and other people associated sorry, associated with the VA um, to get all different types of people out who come through their system and can participate with our programming. Well, I've been lucky over the years to know Jill Atwood, who yeah. helps, right, with the Salt Lake City Healthcare of VA. Another and her stellar board member. What? <laughs> a veteran. She's a veteran She's and a, veteran a board and member and a, of ours. Right. Yeah. So she, when she stepped into that role, she had the vision and the experience and that passion to say, I want to make sure my fellow veterans have the opportunities that they earned and that they deserve. And so I just wanted to throw a little hat off to that board member of yours, Jill, because I think what she does is fantastic. We have just a few minutes together. And, and we mentioned uh, briefly that there are cycling programs going on in the summer that you make them available throughout the Wasatch Front. My understanding winter program is is at Sundance, Alta, Deer Valley. Summer programs, can you tell me a little bit more? Because I live way down in Spanish Fork. I live in downtown Salt Lake City. So where are the summer programs held so that we can know they're close to us? So cycling, as I said, you know, kind of mobile around Liberty Park, Jordan River Parkway, you know, right kind of in that Murray area sure. is where we typically meet. And then for you uh, lovely people in Spanish Fork, you know, meeting us in Provo <laughs> would probably be the most convenient. At um, Fork, Utah Park? Is that what it's Fort, called? Fort Utah Park. Okay, there you yeah. go. Thank you. Yep. It's it's a beautiful spot and you can go all the way out to Utah Lake and 
um, you know, it's just a really great ride and, and we're hoping to, you know, be able to spend a little bit more time down there. There's a great need and great demand for our services, um, for people that do live in Provo and the surrounding areas. So we recognize the need and we hear you and, um, you know, hopefully funding will permit, you know, us to spend a little bit more time down there as well. But a hats off, you're also in American Fork, also giving lessons at Tip. Tibble Fork? Well, that's what I was just going to yeah. say. So if you're maybe not the cyclist or the summer gets a little too warm for you, um, we have our paddling program, which is paddle boarding and kayaking. And um, I don't know if you or any of your listeners have been up to Tibble Fork Reservoir. but No, but I paddle boarded. And fell in. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it was just a, it was just it was refreshing. Though, it was Utah it? Lake, and I just was like, I don't know what happened. The next thing I'm in, I'm I'm out. So go ahead. So um, you know, it sits right at the apron of Mount Timpanogos, mm. and um, you're really kind of in the mountain setting, but in a in a contained way. You know, where uh, if you're if you're learning to paddle for the first time, it's a great introduction into how to be independent and how to you know maybe you're timid about being around the water and falling in is something that you don't want to do you know, we go out, you know, one-on-one with our instructors. We're right there beside you teaching you the skills of, you know, maybe just standing up is what you want to practice and we'll start on shore and transition you into the water, um, standing up on the paddleboard. Can I give them permission to just be on their knees if that is absolutely the lower you are, the more balance you have. So I'm just giving a few more tips out there. And of course you're going to help us push beyond (laughs) our boundaries. There are wide paddle boards and there are narrow ones. So there's something for each of us. We are. It's time to wrap up, and I, I wish we weren't out of time because I love and honor what Wasatch Adaptive Sports is all about. But let's make sure again before we close, where do we tell people they can connect? Do they look at the website? Abby, what's the best place for them to go for their first step to make sure they're connecting to Wasatch Adaptive Sports? Yeah, I would absolutely say check out our website, wasatchadaptivesports.org. Um, you can always check us out on social media as well, on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and then we're always available if you want to give us a call. If you have any other follow-up questions, please reach out and we'd love to get you involved. Abby Rice, the Development Director, Elizabeth Job, the Executive Director. And I know I said I was wrapping it up. Could you use some volunteers? We sure could, Okay, especially this summer. So if anyone is looking to share their love for being in the outdoors, um, we'd welcome you into our family. And they go, and how do they let you know they'd like to volunteer? So website's a great spot as mm-hmm. well um, where you can find information about what that volunteer program specifically looks like and, you know, whether you can come out one day a month or you want to come out multiple times, um, you know, we'd love to have you. Um, there are trainings, you know, so that you know exactly how, you know, to be working with the equipment and the different individuals. But um, website. Otherwise, as Abby said, just give us a call and we'll run you through all the details. I think it's fantastic. Thank you so much for coming down from the Snowbird Mountain area to downtown Salt Lake City to join us in studio. It's Wasatch Adaptive Sports online at wasatchadaptivesports.org. Thanks for joining us on this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. Thanks, Thanks for Rebecca. having us.